0: You're listening to Marie Claire Future Shapers Live in partnership with Neutrogena. What are you really doing here? Are you trying to get away from something? Or are you trying to go towards something because this is the vision and this is where you want to go?
1: We are officially a generation of job-hopping nomads. But if a career change is a given, how can we give ourselves the best chance of success? In this session, Marie Claire's deputy editor, Miranda McMinn, speaks to three women who've made their own career changes look effortless. Cancer nurse-turned-lingerie entrepreneur, Sadia Sissé, solicitor-turned-social media manager, Lucy James, and business coach, Fiona Rice.
2: Welcome to this talk on how to switch careers. So before I introduce my panel I will give you the intro which is this is the age of the portfolio career, the side hustle plan B, whatever you call it it's true for many of us that we're doing one thing while dreaming of something else whether it's a passion project or a full-on career change. Um, according to The Guardian, eighty percent of us end up in the wrong job but don't acknowledge this till we're thirty-three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some of us
2: some of us know what the dream is and are just trying to work out how to do it. Others of us feel there's something out there. We're just uh, not sure what. Personally, and um, I have to be careful what I say as my employer as my employers are <laughs> throughout this building, um, even though I love my job. I mean, I really do love my job. I have flirted with many alternative lives throughout my 25-year career in journalism. And My fantasy CV has at different times included being a teacher, a life coach, and running an Airbnb in Shropshire. Um, although, as I've lived in Zone 2, Uh, of the London Underground for my entire life. I'm not sure about how long I'd last in that one. So in this session, we are going to address the really practical aspects of switching careers, hopefully. Uh, We've got a great panel here with really relevant experience and backgrounds who are going to help us workshop this. And I'll make sure to leave time for lots of questions at the end. So I'm going to introduce my panel. Fiona Rice studied law at Oxford, and went on to pursue a stellar legal career in the city, at uh, city law firms, including as a partner at both Allen and Overy, and at Linklaters. She took her experience as a consultant in various roles, including HR and client liaison, and transferred it to another career, now running her own business, the Rice Consultancy, which offers extremely high-level executive coaching, training, and facilitation. Lucy James is another former lawyer. She was a solicitor at a firm in the West End of London before before moving out to the country. And once, having moved to the country, realised that she wanted to pursue a more flexible career, Um, she underwent a total career change to become a social media expert. um, She took the Digital Mums social media management course and now runs her own social media agency business called Pure Social, And Sadi Sissé has performed possibly the most dramatic career change of our panellists. She trained as a cancer nurse working in the pharmaceutical industry until in 2008 she left to start her own business, Being You, which produces beautiful lingerie for women of all skin tones with a focus on women of colour, where she had correctly identified a huge gap in the market. So let's get started with the questions. My first question is should you really change your job or is it just Monday morning? (laughs) Because basically, I love my job. Every Monday morning, I just think, oh, for God's sake, I just can't deal with this. And I'm sure even Scarlett Johansson wakes up some morning and thinks, oh, my God, I really wish I wasn't an A-list film star. Uh, So so basically... um, I feel that there must be a checklist of things you need to ask yourself before you jack it all in for something new. And um, so we're going to pump Fiona on this, because not only has she done this, but she's actually uh, an incredibly highly qualified coach, so this is great news. Um, So uh, you you not only changed your own job, but you advise others on their working lives. So what would you advise to
0: those of us,
2: not me, obviously, uh,
0: (laughs) who are considering a plan B? I think what you've got to really think about is what is really going on here. Is it that it's Monday morning or how are you feeling? And actually asking yourself how are you feeling and why are you feeling the way that you feel? There's a lot of research out there about the kind of mistakes that we make when we go running into changing. What what are you really doing here? Are you trying to get away from something or are you trying to go towards something because this is the vision and this is where you want to go? Another fundamental one is actually the lack of research the research suggests that the more research that you do the more likely you're going to have a success if you change career so what you're really looking for is look at what you've got in in your job now what's making you successful what's going really well and if you are going to make a change how are you going to recreate that platform but even stronger because if it's not going to be as strong then obviously there's going to be some weaknesses around that all right that's
2: interesting Lucy, what did you did you did you sort of um, have a checklist of things, or did you just did, did they just sort of build up?
3: Yeah, well, I was on maternity leave, um, so I I was looking at more upskilling. Um, right,
2: I mean, had you been thinking about a, a career change for quite a long time? Yeah, well, I wasn't.
3: Yeah, I wasn't particularly happy in my job, I, but, and I was the flexibility of my role is becoming less. Well, it wasn't flexible. Um, <laughs> I. When I had my first child, um, I went back and they didn't want me part-time. I couldn't work from home. It's quite common. It was quite a small firm. Um, and then had my second... I went back pregnant, actually, so that went down. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, and it was then that I started really looking for something. So I was... Um, yeah, I, I wasn't... I was sort of, well, not dreading going to work. I enjoyed parts of my job, but I, I quite liked the thinking about how the firm was going to grow. And one of the aspects was social media was appalling, and it's actually not great in law firms. So sort of, kind of stemmed from that. But so I, recent, I did, yeah. And I did some, talking, yeah. So. And I was researching um, online courses and doing the yeah. research. So. Right. And Sadia, what about you?
2: Did you did you always when you were you nursing, did you always think this is sort of temporary? Or did you think, oh, I'm going to do this and then think, actually, no.
1: I'm, I'm dreading this because none of my career changes have been checklisted. It's all been oh. emotional, passionate. Well, so uh, so I hope I can give some practical no, no, advice. but that's what
2: we want <laughs> to know that you yeah. can do it. You know, yeah. it depends on your mindset, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Obviously. So
1: it's been a mindset. So, um, when every day feels like a Monday morning, that's when you need to leave. Or when your Saturdays are like Mondays, you're dreading the Monday morning coming. That's how, yes. I, and that's really serious because I've been in that position. Not necessarily in the nursing, in the pharmaceutical industry. Before I left that, um, I just hated my job so much that even Friday, Saturday, Sunday I was just dreading going back. Yes. And it wasn't my job; it was how my job made me feel. And I loved what I actually did, but I, I felt um, an aspect of not, uh, you know, glass ceiling uh, not achieving as much as I'm sure I could have and stuff like that, other things around it but with the nursing, leaving nursing that was a completely emotional um, decision um, I'd nursed for 8 years and um, a cancer nurse I liked my job um, and then um, at 26 I had a stroke when I had my daughter I lost my sight, it took me 2 years to go back to work came back 3 months later and said this is not what I want to be doing Yes. and going back to where you're going to and where you're going from, I think sometimes it's not necessarily going from or to, it's, it's the feeling I was going to. Everything I've decided is the, what I want to go to and feel, not the job I want to go to.
2: Interesting. So that's yes. what's
1: important. It's not the job I'm yeah. leaving, it's what the feeling I'm leaving to the feeling I'm going to.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's that's what's worked for
2: me. And you'll just keep going until yes. you find out that feeling. And, and Yeah, and well, I think I found it at 48. For <laughs> So um, my next question is um, also is, is is for you, Sergio, actually to start, which is um, how can you identify what you already have in your skill set that's really transferable? Um, so it might be an actual skill or a qualification, or it might be a mindset. You know what? what so um, how can you coach yourself through this? So when you were nursing, um, did you did you think? Well, what things did you think, I've got this, this is why I'm good at my job that I'm doing now, and this is what I'm going to take with me, and it's not necessarily practical. Yeah. It's, what did you feel that you had?
1: I think I, I also separate knowledge and skills a lot, because I find, for me, when I'm really knowledgeable about something, I feel really safe. And sometimes you, you make the mistake of thinking your knowledge is a skill set. And over the years, I've really realized that my capacity to learn is what's important. So I shouldn't be scared to leave the knowledge behind because I can go and learn again. This, yeah. And as a nurse, it, it was it, yes, the skill set's given. How do I go from chemotherapy to making bras and pants? Well, people, you know, um, my skills with <laughs> my interaction with people, my network with people. Yeah. The way I um, empathize, the empathy you build as a nurse. I mean, all through my life now has actually really helped me. So those are sort of the things. But I think what what was really scary leaving nursing, that's all I knew. I'd trained since late teens, and so it was trying to let go of that fact that I could actually go and learn something else. I was capable, but you sometimes hide behind knowledge, and that's what I feel. Yeah. And Lucy, similarly for you, what did you...
2: Um, how did you coach yourself through you, you mentioned the social media that you knew that you liked in your existing firm and you could see that gap but presumably you hadn't been able to really get your hands yeah, on yeah and that i didn't have a clue i didn't mean really i get didn't... your hands so what from your from your career as a lawyer did you think right i can do this so i can
3: yeah i think this. I, I discovered that whilst i was doing the training because i wanted to learn something new so it wasn't i didn't Think when I started what would be you know what would be good at this, but when I was doing it, I thought, oh, actually I'm good at this, you know it was like they were saying in the panel about communication, yeah, if you're a good communication communicator in your job, that's going to translate well in social media. Actually, I mean, it would
2: be probably useful to explain what the Digital Mums course is oh, yeah. uh, for people in the audience who don't know, because it's, it's actually quite fascinating. We've, we've given them one of our Future Shapers awards, the, yeah. the Digital Mums themselves, who aren't actually mums, by the way. But, <laughs>
3: yeah, no, Nikki course... and um, Catherine founded it, I think. Uh, well, it's a startup, up so it hasn't been going very long. Um, and they provide a um, part-time six-month course for mums, um and in social media. In social media, yeah. And they basically make get you job job ready. So by the time you finish the course you can go on and work for a business or any any business. Um, And it's what's really good about it, and there's two very good things about it is that it's live learning. So you either do the course where you learn with a small business who signed up to get a trainee digital mum. Or you create your own campaign. So I didn't have any marketing experience, so I created my own community campaign. So it was on my local community. So you, when, what you're doing is you're actually—it's a real—it's a real thing. It's not theory, yeah. which is so different from my legal training, which was not like that. Had it been like that, I'd probably been a better lawyer. But um, and then the other thing, which is the group that you're a part of after. Um, the training is a Facebook group of all the digital mums who've done the course and there's hundreds of marketing gurus and it's it's invaluable to you to be able to get reassurance day-to-day, business advice, tips on social media, I mean anything. Um, because basically what everyone seems has
2: got in common, correct me if I'm wrong, is that, that you could anyone can do this course and you, you you learn a completely new skill which is to be a social media manager. And you can do it from home. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. And it's completely flexible. And then it's up to you to take it here, there, or anywhere that you want to do it. So, yeah, so that was just to, to children, explain yeah. for people who didn't know. That was the, the complete yeah. retraining that Lucy did. Yeah, And, and Fiona, what, um, what about you? Transferable skills. You obviously tran- transferred much all your skills from your previous job to your current job or no well I think the whole
0: say? skills transfer thing is quite interesting mm. from the point of view that I think it's not just first of all you've got to know what the skills you've got so you actually yeah. have to sit down and spend some time on what, working out what am I actually good at and really really think about it and it's really, it's what am I good at what are my skills what are my strengths including those kind of mindsets working well with people that empathy all of those kind of things get it down on a list and then I think you have to start splitting it out. What do I enjoy doing? Because what you need to do is you almost need a grid to put certain of them into... I love doing all of that. I love being with people. I love working with them, whatever it is. But you are going to have some skills where you're incredibly good at it, but you don't want to do it anymore. It's so true. Put them, into, the, put them <laughs> into a different box and be aware of what they are. Because that's your insurance policy to an extent in not going into the wrong job because it's very, would it be very easy coming back to your question about me to say oh well you were a lawyer let's use all of those skills and put you here but actually I did, I ended up doing something totally different so yes I use a lot of my skills but I've, I've come at, I now come at things in a different way.
2: And what about um, when you're trying to think about what you're good at because we all sort of probably a bit lazy in our thinking and um, would you recommend asking colleagues, family, friends, you know people from an honest appraisal of, your, of yourself
0: because you might find something surprising definitely I was coaching somebody last week and I asked this person what are you good at and he said actually I, I don't really know I mean I suppose I'm he said I, I think I'm quite organized <laughs> um, and so I said okay and what would your kids say oh I've got no idea so actually his homework was to go away ask his partner and his kids and his mates what am I good at because actually he wasn't actually sure what he was good at outside the office we often know what we're good at inside the office, but actually, we're bigger than that. And you bring your whole self to work; you don't just bring part of you.
2: Yes, and as Gina Miller was saying, she 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 appoints the person. Yes. She not 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 necessarily the experience, qualifications, the whatever. Yes. So if you know you it's, it's if you know yourself, that's yes. it's it's about more than you know. I'm really good at sort of. I was going to say filing. Obviously, that's a little bit old school, but you know what I'm you know what I'm saying. <laughs> So now, the risk aversion is obviously a big a big topic for, for women, but women are notoriously more risk averse than men. Um, how much do you feel that you should just feel the fear and do it anyway? I mean, Lucy, did you, at a certain point, you, you know, you had a well-paid job, presumably, as a solicitor in London, it was all quite... Laid out for you, you know, you were on a career plan. Did you really just think, right? I mean, I know you're on maternity leave, but when you actually handed in your notice, did you have to take a deep breath or were you just.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I just knew that it wasn't going to be flexible, it just, and I thought the older my children get, the less. I need it to be more flexible in a way, because they're three and two now, but when they go to school, it's going to be even worse because the day's shorter. I just thought I not really I'd want to just have children to see them at the weekend. Um, so yeah, I think I mean, there is going to be a fear, but you need to channel that to, and you know do your research, but you're only going to discover if you're any really good at it to try it. Yes. Um, and so try and channel that fear into positive energy and yeah and yeah take a leap and it you know doors open it's amazing last year I you know I was just had it in my notice and now this year I'm sitting here I mean I would never ever have thought that would happen so amazing. you know it's yeah it's a totally do you,
1: different solo. Do you do you find do you agree, doors open? D- oh, definitely. Um, definitely. And going back to fear, I think it's more my, into my pharmaceutical life, where right? it was about 13, 15 years, about 14 years. And um, um, again, loved what I was doing, but it was a feeling. Um, and I tried to fit into that corporate structure, even though I wasn't happy. I mean, I went and did an MBA. I, I, I don't even talk about, who hides to have an MBA? Because at the end of the day, I still hated it. I hate, you know, I, I spent all that money. I spent all that time. Managed my family. Nearly died doing it. And I still felt crap, yeah. you know. Um, but what I was trying to do was to fit into a corporate culture, was to fit into a culture that wasn't welcoming me as a black woman. Um, but I was doing everything um, to make myself fit into it. And um, my boss left... My, my, my boss was given a job, he went off somewhere, Egypt or something, and um, a new boss came in and he said, um, you know, I'm going on holiday for two weeks, I need to talk to you about your career. And I said, yes, because at the moment I come in, it's like a black hole, it's just like I, I just, I really need to talk about where I, am I fit into this company. And he went away so on holiday and um, um, came back, we, we booked time to do this discussion, and he came back, we sat down having coffee, he said, what was this meeting about again? And I said, oh, nothing, I'm just, you know, updating you about what's happened to the team. The next day I resigned. So again, <laughs> no checklist. Brilliant. Yeah, it, that's did it. You just, <laughs> did you
2: just feel so great? I, I, yeah.
1: I, it was, and I, walked, I didn't know what I was going to do. You, I, I didn't, oh, really? Yeah. You
2: hadn't had your l- laundry idea yep. yet at that point?
1: I knew I wanted to, I knew that laundry was a problem for myself and my daughter, and I knew that I didn't want her growing up feeling the way I did around lingerie or... It wasn't, it's not my lingerie, my a specific experience.
2: It, experience. You, you of, went yeah.
1: to buy a nude bra. Yeah. And, um, and it, it was Yeah. We went like to buy that. a nude bra. We were both given the same nude bra. Um, yeah. nude, the same... And it wasn't the fact, it was the colour. It was the fact that the, the, the sales assistant didn't even have register the, we, the... It was a yeah, colour to her. didn't. It, it, it was... Yeah. And so... But when I left and I handed my notice in, it, it was one of the best days because I... I you just felt just, great. I yeah, had really no money. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but this is really key, right? Yeah. You had no money, but you just sort of cracked off. Yeah, and it, it re-
1: that, the moment he said, what do we hear about? My fear just sort of, the despondence I felt and the frustration mm. I felt just overtook the fear of
2: leaving my job. And um, st- sticking with you, Sergio. actually, I was going to move on to this sort of uh, p- p- periods of regret then I mean does, does you know I mean you, you do this sort of quite reckless not reckless thing but mm. quite impulsive seeming thing in your case and or even if you planned it do you think the panel that that um, there will inevitably be periods of regret and worry and Sadia particularly in your case then you 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 had a terrible life tragedy mm. which you lost your husband but did it did you still feel that you were on the right path?
1: I, being new, my company launched seven, ten, 12 weeks ago on the 6th of February. I started my company in 2008. <coughs> Couldn't launch um, for various reasons. Um, not long after I started, my mother had a stroke and I became a main carer. And about two and a half years ago, when I decided to start again, the day before we had a meeting with the production company, my husband went to work and died. You know, He, was, he wasn't unwell. It was a, a genetic issue. Um, his heart failed in the gym, and he died at 48. So um, Sorry. Um, it's, it's... And yet, and this is what's important about enjoying what you do, because being, being you is not just about the lingerie. It's, it's so important to me. It's so important to me to provide a focus, and my focus is making sure my daughter lives in a world where she shops and she sees herself reflected It's as simple as that. And um, because that's so strong um, in me, um, I couldn't let that go. But what's really important, I'm finding myself on a panel here with a coach. And for someone, again, who's made all these decisions, who's not done any checklists, who's not done anything, (laughs) at the um, bottom pit, where it was just like, how do I get out of bed in the morning? This, I just, and it was like I was dead, but I was alive. And, but I still wanted to carry on. And I, went on and I found a coach and it was an actual oh, coach um, in the last 18 months, two years that's really helped me so that's the practical advice that's when you, you don't have any money because you don't have a business when your husband's died you don't have any money and the only money you have you're going to put into a coach
2: well, how, did you, um, how did you find this
1: coach? Um, it's, my coach is in the US I keep doing these odd things as well mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: oh, Do you Skype? Yes, we Skype <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, this was someone, actually, who I'd known off in the past in what she was doing. And when I'd, I'd stopped my company completely, and when I came back, I just thought, let me go and find out what she's doing. And complete to my shock, she was a coach. She had changed careers. So for me, for her getting me as a client wasn't because she was a coach. Her getting me as a client was, I resonated with her, that she had also gone from something completely different Become a life coach, and I thought this is someone who would fit mm. into the that's, person I'm looking for. And, and I, that's been exactly a real
2: investment for you, big. Your, yeah, your it's been the best. It's been one of the
1: best things I've done because I don't think I would have carried on being you after my husband died if I hadn't done that. But, but I mean, um, for the other panel members, um, obviously, even less
2: dramatic things, less traumatic things, um, changing career. Do you think it's inevitable that there will be periods of like mm, eek? What have I done?
3: Or have you not experienced that? Lucy? Yeah, well, definitely. I was really worried about not getting any work um, because the lack of marketing background, I thought really my market is a small business. And the problem with a small business is they don't have a budget for social media. But actually, Mm. um, it's not like that. And I threw everything at it, got work experience, worked for charities and, and... things just came up and um, bigger companies are um, now employing me and also workshops are more profitable and things like that so things it just opens but Mm. yeah and and, you know you get things wrong that's also you think well I'm not at the beginning you're not necessarily a guru but you learn fast and you're learning from your mistakes like they were saying in the other panel and uh, that's definitely the best way to learn but it has been for me anyway in this this journey yeah, yeah.
2: what well, do you think Fiona coaching I mean do you think that's that regret is inevitable or do you think that if you're being too regretful you should then move on to the next thing
0: I think I'm I'm incredibly positive and um I I tend to feel that regret is wasted emotion so I I think my attitude has always been just keep on getting out there and, and being positive and if, if as Lucy says you know if you do make make a mistake you dust yourself down and you're up again And the two things that really I became very quickly aware of when I changed careers was one that um, both of you have mentioned is the fact that doors start opening. You just, stuff crops up and you don't really know where it's come from, but it does. And the thing that I really changed my whole attitude to, and that there is a lot of mindset in all of this, was the power of your network. And actually the network that you don't even have yet, but the networks that will really stand you in good stead, partly as a sounding board, um, partly as just for opening the doors, and also just just looking outwards. A great friend of mine, when she was looking at um, changing, she decided she's a coach. Actually, she decided she wanted to open a B and B in in Shropshire for some reason. This is what she wanted to, to do. And um, she, she, uh, yeah, and she. Um, it, it's, it's a sign um, <laughs> so what she did she bought she bought a magazine I'm not going to mention any magazine other than Marie Claire here so let's say it was Mary Claire <laughs> she opened it up she had a look and she found a B&B ad for these people in Shropshire and she emailed them and said may I come and stay with you please I'll pay and stay but may I please just pick your brains and ask you about owning a B&B and they said, yeah, fine. So she came, she stayed with them, she had a lovely weekend. They sat and had a warts-and-all discussion about opening a B&B, and she thought, so no, way. <laughs> no way, no yes. way am I opening it. No yeah, way. exactly. No but th- that's, that was somebody that wasn't in her network. But, so it just shows how flexible that network is. And I think an awful lot of this to coming back to feel the fear and do it anyway, I'm very torn about it because I am a great believer in if you can phase it, that's sensible, if you can do your research, etc. But I'm a great believer in intuition and you sometimes, you know, I think the good old female intuition is very strong and there's a lot about mindset. You've just got, if you've got a positive mindset, you're just going to make it happen.
2: Yeah, just, uh, yeah, if it feels right, it is right, apart from Monday mornings.
1: Don't you feel that when you, because you've taken the jump, you become more positive because you're happier. Maybe sometimes yeah. the positive mindset also comes with you're, you're not as unhappy anymore. Yes, yeah, a virtual service. <laughs> yeah, so yes, and this door's opening because it's so surprising the things that have happened mm. in the last year or two for me. But it's like, maybe I'm just optimistic. Maybe it's me. Yeah. My, you know, the way I, I am is pushing it, these. Yeah, open if
2: you build it, I'm they happier. will come. Yeah, But, um... Now, I uh, mustn't do that because of the microphone. Um, so the other question I wanted to ask about switching careers is that is do you have to accept, I'll start with you, Fiona, do you have to accept that you'll be starting at the beginning, maybe with equal skills, to people much younger than yourself? I mean, that's one thing I think one really has to think about. Oh, yes, well, one really has to think about. Um, I've got a friend who's... Um, retrained as a barrister oh I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast actually (laughs) but she's you know she was she was very eminent in her career as a journalist and now she's retrained as a barrister and it's all going really really well but she is much older than people and they do know more than her she she says they there's a woman who's 28 she's 40 and uh, she does know more about the law than me and it's just quite annoying so is that something (laughs) that you have to just
0: factor in I think it's something you have to bear in mind. I think it's also going to depend on what you do, because depending on which kind of career you go into, you may draw more on your sort of strengths as opposed to your skills. It really depends on what you end up doing. If you are going to go into a situation where you are going to know less than younger people, your boss is going to be younger than you are, you, you're going to have to build it up over time you really need to look at how how do you feel about that yeah how, Some people how might will think it's fine yes other people might not how will that make you feel and look at it seriously because once you're in there you're in there and there's no point getting upset that somebody's you know just made partner or you know got silk or whatever and you you're you're two years in so yeah. it's just one of those things to get out under the microscope and ask yourself how am i going to feel about that
2: because lucy as well in digital mums i know that you didn't do that well, part of the digital mums course is this work experience or it can be and obviously doing um work experience as a grown-up is you know potentially a bit strange and you i think did do some but after your course and tell us about that
3: yeah well it led to a job actually they ended up paying me for a year so it, it worked out in the end but um... It was good, because it, it gave me confidence in, you know, I didn't never had a client before, but it gave me the confidence to go on to other clients after that, when I knew they thought, oh, they obviously think they're doing a good job if they want to pay me for a year, um, but um, yeah, so <coughs> work experience was invaluable, really, And right. uh, but you just... And um, You know, it was six weeks of unpaid work, but um, it but, pay, paid but off. But
2: going in as a grown-up and a trained solicitor and everything, it didn't make th- I no. mean, it felt OK. No.
3: Yeah, I've, I don't see the... Uh, I think it can only be positive, really. Right. Um, okay. I, I think it's just you have to see it as gaining experience and right. um, it, it will be useful in the long
2: term. But. Sadia, how did you um, gain experience for...
1: Well, I don't, you know, I don't well, know where you'd even start. But start well, lingerie firm. The, the, well, more importantly, leaving <laughs> nursing at the time I was leaving nursing, pharmaceutical industries only employed graduates or nurses as as, as educational background. So when I got into the pharmaceutical industry, my first job, um, first sales jobs, where um, um, everyone was twenty one, and I was twenty eight, twenty nine, and um, and because most of the people in the pharmaceutical industry were graduates, and as they they qualified. I don't think I even had a boss that was even near my age all through. But it it didn't really matter. I I'd, uh, I've got a what my absolute best friend of like 16, 17 years. She's eight years younger than I am. Because, but that's because I met her the farm, in the pharmaceutical industry. And it's it was uh, and for me again it was quite emotional. I felt better where I was. So it didn't matter that people mm. were younger than me. It didn't matter that they knew more mm. than me. I I I learned. <laughs> Great. I, I got yeah, to know yeah. as much as they did. So, um, but I was—I just felt better. So, right. I think we're going to have some questions soon. But
2: before before I have questions, so I was just going to say, what's uh, one piece of advice? So, I mean, presumably everybody who's come to this how to switch careers talk is at least sort of thought about it or thinking about it. Um, if you if you had one piece of advice, Fiona, for somebody considering switching careers,
0: what would it be? I would suggest that you work out what motivates me. And if you're going to do that, what you have to do is draw yourself a Venn diagram, three circles. And one is your values, the other one's strengths, and the other one is what do you like doing. And because they're all overlapping, that little bit in the middle, that sweet spot in the middle, is what motivates you. So sit down, work out what your values are, draw up that list. As we talked about earlier, work out what your strengths, your skills are. And then what you like doing, which will sort out those strengths and skills that you're going to send to the box down the bottom that you don't enjoy doing anymore. And then you'll start really understanding what motivates you. And then you can start looking at, OK, where am I going with this? Because that's a real know-thyself exercise. And then you're going to stand far greater chance in, in picking the right thing. Brilliant bit of advice. Brilliant.
2: Lucy, if you had one bit
3: of advice, what would it be? Um, well, take the leap. But to research and make sure that you, if you're going to upscale and do a course, um, just look into it and make sure that it's going to be good for you. There's a lot of courses out there that don't do great learning. But um, well, obviously the one I did was great. But um, yeah, but I would say take the lead. Great, Sadia? Um I'm
1: sure if you're asked to do put the values of the place you work in in your jobs and their strengths, I'm sure you can do that very well but you can't do it for yourself. I don't see my job as my career. I don't see what I'm doing as my career. I see myself as my career. So I'm my, I'm my career. So, so then it's easier for me to put down my strengths and my values and what's important to me. A long time ago, I decided I was going to not make my job, build my narrative. And if you can just look at yourself as your career, then all these things about whether you'll have less money or whether you're um, in a job people younger and this, doesn't matter because you're taking yourself forward. Brilliant. That's it. Right, should we have some questions? Has
2: anyone got questions for the panel? Oh, it's this lady here. Here. Hi,
0: my name is Nadia. Um, I have a question for all of you, but really, Fiona, I'd also be really intrigued to hear what um, your thoughts are. Um, From someone coming from a place where they sort of have gone through the journey of knowing their strengths from a coaching world, what would your advice be in terms of having those people skills, but then having to sell themselves to an organisation where they might lack those technical skills. Can I just quali- Ca- clarify the question? Yeah. The question is, fine, you know what you're... You, you know, you understand your strengths and your values, but going into the interview, th- those people might lack them, do you mean? No, so, so I mean... F- Personally, I come from having done a lot of coach training, so a lot of people, soft skills. Yes. And at the moment, I'm looking to go into an organization, for example, where my technical skills might be lacking. Yes. So how? what would be your advice for someone who sort of lacks in one set of skills and how to sell themselves when they're interviewing or... Yep. making that transition? Very very often when people are looking for somebody to join them, they're quite clear about what, what their preferred skills are that they'd like from you and some desired ones. And, and you can sort of work out whether or not you've got enough to get through and at least get to that interview um, stage, in which case sell up what you're good at and show how open you are to learning and show the hunger show the motivation show the eagerness and the one thing I would really remind you of is that the research suggests that women look at that that thing of 10 things that they want from you and women think oh I've only got six this isn't going to work at all whereas men think yay I've got six I'm going for this job so make get in there that and anyway and always remember that every interview is practice for the job that is the right job for you.
2: Oh, you. Guys. Great. Has anyone else got a question?
3: Um, lady there in the leather jacket. Hi, um, I'm Devora, and actually, I took uh, the leap of faith in the first action to switch career three days ago. So, a uh, very good timing for this talk <laughs> to make me feel reassured. But uh, my question is. Once you do that and you actually do move careers on the days where it's really tough or the learning is too much or the challenge is too much, how do you keep yourself motivated and not doubt that maybe you should have just stuck with what you knew and not been brave and inspirational? good cry is really good. I, I cry a
1: lot. <laughs> I, I do cry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I do. And I'm always sort of going to family or friends crying. Um, <laughs> and I feel a lot better because there's so many days when it's just, I, I, I'm sure every day I think of something. One minute every day I think, what am I doing? You know, but you, you look and see that um, where you've come from. What, 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 again, back to how you feel. And but its you're going to have really down times I I can't lie, I think some of the times when we hear people, in my um, experience all I've heard from inspirational people are like "It's, it's great and it's going to be this and i'm not invited to talk to this is going to be you know you're going to get really depressed and you're going to like, <laughs> have no money and but but i suppose if you know that
2: going in and it's normal and that's what you're going to expect but it's the, it's the whole package it's the, the whole of package the day but, and yeah the end of, of the day is better and than than that that one minute. so yeah, yeah great and actually can
0: i just add to that i think yeah. there's two good questions to ask yourself what are you prepared to risk and what are you prepared to sacrifice yeah and if you can get the answers to those for yourself, then I think you'll be quite well prepared. And coming back to what you're saying, write down all the things you've achieved that day and all the things that went well, and then you'll start feeling a bit better. <laughs> um, any more? Any more? Slow um, deep. Oh,
1: um, once you've made the decision to take the leap, um, or in your process of making that decision, how did you decide what your client base would be or how you would go about obtaining those first clients? Um, Because obviously you do your research, you do all the things we've heard today, but how did you go about analysing that piece?
3: Yeah, uh, it sort of came about naturally really I thought that I would be able to sell myself quite well to law firms but I wanted to get away from that and the joy of doing the courses that you can work for anyone so you can work for any kind of industry you don't have to be in one so um, I did the work experience um, and then you just sort of building your own profile working on that but still doing that so you're you know all over the internet LinkedIn, and then I got jobs through talking about it and recently now i'm working for a private resort a private island in malaysia so it's all the internet you know I obviously don't go there regularly Mm -hmm. um (laughs) planning a trip next year that'd be nice but yeah so it it, that came through linkedin it's quite random how it comes about but the more you're on it building your own, own profile it's sort of it seems like I've also got another client who's a boutique nanny business in the Alps, skiing nanny. So it seems like I've gone to luxury travel by no kind of organisation, but um, it, that I'm enjoying that. So it's quite nice to maybe stay in it for a while. Very interesting. Have we got time? For... Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, this lady in the cream jacket here, and then there's a lady at the back there. Um, I wanted to ask what you thought the value of setting really specific goals for yourself is on a, on a journey which essentially by definition is quite unknown and whether giving, you, giving yourself goals gives you focus or actually when you don't know how things are going to go could
0: actually lead you to, towards things that aren't necessarily the right way to go in the long term. Diana, what do you think? I'm, I'm a great believer in setting goals and I think I'm also a great believer in that rules are there to be broken. So as soon as something, keep on reevaluating them and try not to look too far ahead. Little steps is the way to go about this. Otherwise, the, the possibility for overwhelm is huge. So little steps. Don't put your head above the parapet too often because you'll probably get a bit scared. Um, but set, set, set goals, they're great, but be prepared to decide that is no longer my goal and don't feel bad about it. It's fine. Things change, and that's great.
2: What do you think, guys, Sadia? Um,
1: I, I really agree with that, because, but again, the goals, you've got to be careful how rigid these goals are. Back again, my goals about how I want to feel. Right. I want ownership of myself, I want flexibility of my time, I want to um, be my own boss. So, that, these are sort of goals that, that, that sort of, in a way, vision me, but it's yeah. not like, okay, I want to be, in five years, I want to be... This analyst a fix, or a, 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 a fixed, yeah, for, yeah, yes, yes. It's exactly. Yes, it's how yeah, I want to feel. Sort
2: of emotional yes. and yeah. life goals. Yes, and then you fit in into, into practical. Sort of, as we've been yeah. saying, into yeah. your career, which is your life. Yeah, and vice exactly. Right? Yeah. And Lucy, goals?
3: Are they for you? Yeah. I, well, I plan to. Uh, my sort of is long-term goal that you know my children will go to school. I want to expand the business. At the moment, I'm sort of. Yeah. ticking on quite nicely, but just. I don't want to take on too. too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's to yeah. maintain what I have at the moment, which is great because I'm sure it can all change in a minute. So,
2: yeah. brilliant. Okay, one last question from the lady in the blue at the back, who's waiting.
1: This is a question for Sadia. So you mentioned that you were in the pharmaceutical industry at first, and then you moved into the lingerie business, which is quite a massive change. So obviously, you wouldn't have been able to do that with. Just by yourself. So, how did you kind of network to kind of learn that industry and then turn it into a business? What was very really interesting talking about the B and B in Shropshire. I think we underestimate how helpful people who are actually in the industry could be. If, when I decided I wanted to do lingerie, it took me about eight or nine months to even find anyone who knew what to do because I knew nothing my fashion, I knew nothing my lingerie, and and we all we really when you network and you really need to tell people what you want to do. I feel sometimes people don't share too much of their ambitions, their goals We're just friends. And because I did that one evening at dinner with someone I'd worked with in the pharmacy industry, I went, oh, I want my MBA course with someone who owns his own lingerie line. By that evening, I was talking to him. By the next week, I was meeting designers, I was meeting everyone, I was meeting the best people, like Bok as our creative director, is one of the best people in lingerie I met seven years ago. Um, if I hadn't had that conversation, four weeks later, meeting her, and the whole industry just sort of opened up and talk to people tell people what you want to do they might not be I was talking to someone who had nothing to do with fashion I was telling him what my ambition was and that's how it happened
2: communication, communication. back to communication yeah. which fortunately we all do really well because we're female
1: <laughs> <Hurrah>. <laughs> brilliant well
2: that was such a good session I hope everyone enjoyed it thank you very much to the panel.
0: this has been Marie Claire Future Shapers live in partnership with Neutrogena Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the rest of our series, including some tips on how to navigate the world of work from comedian Catherine Ryan. Or well, how about our panel discussion that aims to answer that eternal question, is there ever a right time to have a baby?